Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Can you hear me all right? I'll turn these things away so I don't get real, real loud today. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me uh, to the book of uh, 2 Peter. Book of 2 Peter. Going to be reading a single verse today. I've got some good news for you. Uh, Brother Bill Wood, uh, his wife called me the other day and told me she had a brother that was seeking the Lord. And I'm telling you this, not to brag about me, but to, to let you know what I'm preaching about as people are starting to recognize the evil of our world. Even lost people are starting to recognize something's wrong. Something ain't right. It's changing more than even we thought it could. And it's happening very fast. And they're starting to think about their eternal destination. Am I ready? Because even if they don't realize what they're thinking, they're thinking the Lord can come any minute. That's what they're thinking. And they're beginning to question themselves. Am I ready to meet him? Mm -hmm. And this man's testimony was, no, I'm not ready to meet him. He is now. Amen. Amen. His name is uh, Jesse Allison. <coughs> and he would be here today, and I'd be baptizing him, except he went back home to California the day after he got saved. So y'all remember that in prayer for that man. Salvation comes. God is still on his throne. No matter how wicked or deprived this world around us gets, Jesus Christ is still alive. His salvation is still available. His mercy still endures forever. His grace is still sufficient for every need. All of those who call upon his name and believe in him shall be saved. Amen. That has not been touched by evil because it can't be. So I want to talk to you this morning about a, a strange topic, probably one you've probably never heard preached before. I'm always good at finding stuff that I've never heard preached before. And I don't hunt it, the Lord gave it to me. And this and the message is entitled, Stages of Grace. Stages of of grace. And I hope I can relate to you what the Lord showed me in this single verse, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. When I read it, it kind of said something to me. And I want to share that with you today. It's in verse 18 of Second Peter chapter 3. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. 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 Father, thank you for your work. Help us to receive from it what you will reveal to us. Help us to receive it so that some of the mysteries of our lives may be shown. So we can look at our own selves and make sure that we're ready to hear you say, well done. It's what this is all about. It's not about getting away. It's not about any of those things. It's not about, it's not about the world. 
It's about each person's relationship with a Savior named Jesus. That's who we are. That's what we're here to, to show people that there is a Savior. His name is Jesus, and He can save you to the uttermost. But help us to realize what that means in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now we, we all know and have heard this over and over if you've been to church any at all that we put a definition of the word grace it simply means favor that you don't deserve. Unmerited favor from God. And just as all people the scripture makes it plain that we are born with a measure of faith. Amen. I mean, we, all, we all heard that before. And we also have a measure of grace given to us also. The Bible don't explicitly say that like it does about faith. I want to show it to you here in a little bit how this is demonstrated in the Word of God. So none of us deserve anything from God. Amen. None of us. Let me say that again. None of us deserve anything from God. Amen. He don't owe us a single thing. Not one. We're not worthy of anything from God. So when we find favor with God, we don't deserve it. We're not worthy. And we, how many of you feel that way sometimes? When God blesses you, you don't even feel worthy Amen. to be blessed. When God calls you into some type of ministry, or He calls the day, I heard that's my, but one of the things I hear from every person that's ever been called by a church to be a deacon is the same thing. I'm not worthy. We all feel that way. And although we're set, the Lord gives us different things in the church, none of us is worthy. But yet He chooses us anyway. Woo! What a God we serve. And we need to know that who we are in Him has nothing to do with who we really are. Amen. It has to do with who He is. Amen. And then He chooses. We can't even comprehend the love of God that loves us that way. We can't comprehend it. Yet, we have experienced that type of love. So, None of us deserve anything from God, the Father. We are all sinners. Even lost humanity receives grace and mercy from God. Do you believe that? Yeah. Let me tell you how they receive it. Everybody got up that's here today, and people that's running up and down the road woke up this morning, and we breathe God's air. Everybody, if you ate anything, you ate food that was put in this world by God Amen. to sustain us. Amen. Every one of us that got up in a house made of wood or brick or whatever woke up in the grace of God with a cover over our head. Amen. The Bible tells us it rains on not only the just, but it also rains on the unjust. So this is what I'm talking about when I say there's a measure of grace for every person alive. 
We, we, we sung that song, This is my father's work. We want to give it to Satan. He inherited it through sin. But it still belongs to God. Don't make a mistake about it. Amen. Amen? Yeah. And so we need to understand these things about, about grace and, and how we need to grow in grace. Just like the disciples said to Jesus, increase our faith. Peter says here, we need to do something. We need to grow in grace. Now think about that. That means the grace that we have received must do something. It must increase. It must grow. Because growth means something increases in size, in weight, in stature, whatever. That's what it means. And, and so Peter ends this letter that we must grow in grace and in knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's important. Because see, grace, faith, and knowledge are all synonymous together with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All of it is together with Jesus Christ. So when we look in the Scripture, and we see, and I'm going to use some very, very uh, familiar Scriptures to you, uh, for you today. When we look at, 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 at what we quote a lot about the saving grace, the saving grace, we, we look in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. I've heard it preached all my life, and until I started preaching, I had never ever really noticed the 10th verse of that. Because every time a preacher would quote it, they would quote 8 and 9 of Ephesians 2. And I used this before in sermon. I'm going to use it again this morning. And this is what that, that scripture says. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Again, it's not of us. It is the unmerited favor of God that is extended to us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? It says it is the gift of God. Not of works, that lest any man should boast. So we know that we can't work toward our salvation. We can't do enough good to be saved. A lot of people try to do that. And there's another side of that where a lot of people say, I'm saved, and I don't have to do good. And that was idea was given because they left out verse 10. When you are saved by grace, you become something different. You become a new creation. You become a new person. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. And we begin a journey, now listen to me, opposite from the journey we were on. Because before salvation, your journey was leading you to a sinner's hell. But when you were saved by grace and faith, and you called upon the name of the Lord, and He, filled, he changed the direction of your journey. Your journey is not to hell anymore. It's to where He is. Hallelujah. That's what it is. And, and we can only get that through grace. So verse 10 says, For we are, one, we are His workmanship. Now listen to this. Created in Jesus Christ. Your, your new birth is a simple thing. Your new birth, when Jesus said you must be born again, this is the, the moment of your salvation when you go from the old man to the new man, you are born again. You are recreated in Jesus Christ. 
Does that say, does everybody understand that? When you are saved, you are recreated in Jesus Christ and you are given a different mission in life. You're not, you're no longer a, a follower of sin and to, supposed to do ungodliness. You are no longer that way for we are His workmanship created in Jesus Christ to do what? Unto good works. So although you can't be saved by works, you are saved to do good works. Do you understand that? This is where, where the people get so confused. We are saved to do good works which God hath ordained, God ordained the good works of His saved people Himself that we should walk in them. Amen? Amen. Now this is the, is the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The simplicity of faith, the simplicity of grace, the simplicity of the mission and what is required that we be recreated in Jesus Christ. And everything changes directions. Everything changes purpose. Everything changes in us. We're not that old person anymore. We are on a different mission and headed to a different destination. This is what I call saving grace. Now, anyone who is saved has experienced saving grace. But Peter says, we don't just experience saving grace, we must, have, we must grow in that grace. Amen. 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 And so there's a lot of people, and when I got to thinking about this, just as our faith needs to increase, according to, to Peter, we must also grow in grace and in knowledge. Now, a lot of people, when you talk to them, will say, I'm saved. And they don't live like it. Does that mean they're not saved? Never, listen to me, listen to me very carefully. Never tell a person that they're not saved. If they tell you they are. Amen? Because I hear this all the time. I, I have been saved. I was saved this, this time and this time. But here's what happened. They received saving grace. Some of them did not get saved. Some people lie about that for whatever reason. But they got saving grace, but they didn't grow. Are you with me? They didn't grow. Nothing else happened after that. And, and there's, there's something that I want to bring to your attention. That Jesus has taken to us a, to a place. And the Old Testament and the New Testament both proclaim that. Let me read, well these are two of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. But these are hallelujah verses. Jeremiah 29 11. Most of y'all can quote this. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. That's God speaking to us. Speaking of the people of the Old Testament, I know the thoughts that I have for you, saith the Lord. I have thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end. What? You know what that means? I got a place I want you to go. I got a place that, I, that I'm going to take you. He's talking to people who trust Him. He's talking to his people of the Old Testament that believe in him, that call him, they don't know who Christ is, but it, the, the mission of God did not change even when Christ 
can. Right. All that he did, <laughs> we went from a Volkswagen to a to a <laughs> to a 747 yeah. first class. What he did with Christ. And I don't belittle God in this, in the Old Testament, but he had a plan for us. And I love this scripture that he, had to, he wants to give us an expected end. Uh-huh. Now the thing about it is, are we ready to receive that expected end? Are we willing to do what it takes to get to that expected end? That's always been an issue with people, with man, because we're sinners. We're born in sin, we're shaken in iniquity, and even when we're saved, we are still susceptible to sin. But he's not called us to sin. Now listen to what John chapter 14, verse 2 and 3. I preach this a lot too. Jesus speaking, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have not told you. I go to prepare a place for you. The expected end of God is the place Jesus is preparing for us. The people of the Old Testament who followed Yahweh will be in the same place with the people of the New Testament that followed Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! He has preparing a place for us. Now in the Old Testament, don't tell how this place is going to be created. Everybody just thinks they're going there. There's a place being created as we speak. For all of us to be here. It's the expected end. And Jesus, I love what Jesus said. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you unto myself. Hallelujah. That is the expected end that is written about in Jeremiah that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ that hadn't even happened yet. Amen. He's still building it. Everybody said, why don't he come on? He ain't through building yet. Hallelujah. He ain't through yet. Amen. Because heaven and earth, the new heaven and the new earth are going to be merged together as one. And we're going to have total and complete access to all of it. Hallelujah. That is the expected end. That is the place Jesus Christ is prepared. That is the place he's going to come back and personally escort us there. Hallelujah. That's salvation. That's being saved by grace. Amen. He said, because where I am, I want you to be there with with me. Praise God. Hallelujah for that. Thank God for the blessing of of, of what the Lord says to us. So so a lot of people say that I'm I'm saved, but they stalled out in the growing part. Amen. How did they stall out? Because they hadn't received the knowledge of the Lord. Amen. Knowledge is very important. Knowing who Christ is is very uh, the utmost important. You need to know enough to tell somebody else that who He is. Amen. And a lot of people drop the ball. They just didn't. I got saved and they written in the book of life. Hey, it wasn't by works. I can't do works to get there. So I'm done. And that's who you encounter. Oh, I'm saved. Is that enough? Well, we, we question that. It's not up to us, is it? But it is up to God. I don't want to take a chance on that being the end to you. <laughs> Amen. I want to continue and walk in the good works that God told us we had to walk in. Amen. I, I want to continue to walk 
like Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. So our salvation is a beginning. I know I confuse a lot of people. I was told the other day, you don't even preach like a Baptist preacher. If a Baptist preacher preaches anything other than this, I don't want to preach like one. I want you to know that your salvation is a starting point to the end that God has prepared for you. And you have to walk in this pathway. You have to walk in Jesus Christ. You walk in good works. And although you're not saved by good works, you are saved to do good works. Amen. Amen. It's something that we, we, we need to get it in our heads that we are called out of this world for a reason. Amen. Yet we're still in this world and that confuses so many people. God help us not to be confused by that. And so in order to grow, our saving grace needs to turn into something else. Amen? It does. It does. It turns into what I'm going to call justifying grace. You grow. You've gone from saving grace into justifying grace. I mean, let me try to help you understand what this is. This is where our saving grace reconciles us to God and we are adopted into the death, life, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen? When you get saved, the Lord fills you with His Spirit and He adopts you. Thank you. Amen. All of us Gentiles are adopted by the Lord. This is part of the grace of justification that we are adopted into His kingdom and listen to this. And we become sons and daughters of the Most High God through this relationship with Jesus Christ. And we are placed together in His body. Amen. Now what's that? You're sitting in it. And because you're sitting in it, it is His body. He's talking about the church, not the building, the body. And people say, well, I ain't got to go to church. I ain't got to be a member of the church. Don't ever try to dilute the Word of God to suit your lazy self. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's a mouthful, isn't it? That's South Arkansas logic. <laughs> Saving grace reconciles us to God and we are adopted into the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and we become the sons and daughters by being placed together into the body, the church. When the Lord does this, when this happens to us, our saving grace goes to justified grace and, and, our, and, and we begin a journey, listen to this, to fulfill our salvation. The Old Testament was not changed by Christ, it was fulfilled by Christ. Our salvation will be fulfilled the same way. By Christ. When? When we're in front of Him. When we're with Him. Well, until then, we have to work and do the good works that God has ordained so we can show other people, 
I belong to Jesus. We don't do it out of arrogance or pride. We just do it. Why? We do it because we love him and we're thankful for our salvation. So we need to move from that thing. You know, I got saved back when I was 10 years old. And have you ever gone to church and no? We need to change that. Amen. We need to go from salvation grace to justifying grace. Where we become a, a part of the body of Christ. Not just the body of Christ, but the active body of Christ. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. Don't confuse being an active body of Christ to be working around this church house. It's part of it. But the active body of Christ works out there. Amen? So when, when the Lord does this, we begin our journey to the fulfillment of that salvation, which is being with Jesus. And, and so we have to get past this, oh yeah, I'm saved, but I don't participate. Oh yeah, I'm saved, but I don't have to be a part of the church. Oh yeah, I'm saved, but I don't, I don't believe in church membership. You're not believing the scripture. You're not believing the plan of God. So you can't change it. You must comply to it. And so that's what we are all called to do. Now, being part of the church is not about singing. I love the singing. I'm not, I'm not belittling the singing. It's not about the, the music. That's not, that is part of it, but it's not all of it. It's not about those things. It's not about, you know, singing and playing is using the gifts and the talents God gave you for His glory. That's a good thing. That's part of our walk. Okay? But, but, but what is, everybody, I but you don't want to hear me play. <laughs> and I'm not a very good singer at, at all either. So it's not talking about those things. Not talking about giving your money. Although that's all part of worship. It's all part of it. But it is about a base of support for your witness and your testimony. We come together as a body of believers to do what? To encourage one another. To witness before each other. To give our testimony about what God has done in our lives. I shared to y'all about Jesse Allison a while ago. That's a testimony to the glory of God that I was allowed to participate in. Amen. Amen. Hey, about me. It's about God and Him. It's not about me and you. It's about you and Him. And it's not about me. It's about me and Him. It's all about Him. Everything is about Jesus Christ. Saving grace leads you into a relationship with Jesus Christ where He recreates you and you work for Him the rest of your life. It's ordained by God and you do it where? In His church. Why? Because Jesus said when, when Peter uh, called, uh, told the Lord that, uh, who He was, Jesus said, that's good that you know that. Did you know who the, what the church is? Do you know what the church is founded on? The belief that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Amen. The Son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what the church is founded, grounded, and, and growing in. That. And for us to say, I ain't got to be a part of that. What does that say to God? Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it. No. Don't do that. That's a bad, bad thing. Amen. So the church is a base of support. Where we come to witness, where we come to testify, where we come to share issues and problems, where we come to seek prayer, where we come to another brother or sister and love on them and let them love on us and confide in them. That's what it's supposed to look like. Amen. Amen. And that comes through what? Doing the work of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because the work of Jesus Christ ain't easy. 
Everybody that you share Christ with ain't going to like you. Amen. <laughs> don't forget that. that. Does that stop us from having to do it? No, it don't. So we need to remember this. We need to remember this. It's about our support. It's about coming together. It's about witnessing. It's about drawing strength from each other. It's about our testimony. And in the mission field is in the world where we are. We are no longer of the world, but we are still in the world. Amen. So we go from saving grace, we go into the church, and we are justified in our grace by doing the good works of God and learning about Him, more about Him, so we can learn how to please Him. That's the, the growth of grace that we can experience. Amen. That's what we need to do. So, if we go into the world, that's where our work is. These signs out here will bring them up all the time. You leave that, you're going to say you're entering the mission field. Amen? Amen. The, the kingdom work of God, the church is part of it. The church does it, but it's done with lost humanity. Amen? It's done with lost humanity. Okay? So we go from salvation, saving grace, to justifying grace, Turning toward our new future, which is going to heaven with Jesus. Hallelujah. So we grow in grace as we continue our journey to meet Him. Are y'all getting this so far? Hope y'all. Because it don't stop there. We don't just stop with that growth. We go from saving grace, we go from justified grace, and we go to another grace which is called, what I've underlined in my notes, sanctifying grace. Amen? Sanctifying grace. That's where we go from there. So let, let, let me read you something from Philippians before I go there. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It might help you understand this. Listen to what uh, Paul wrote. For our conversation, or our citizenship, is in heaven. Everybody just say hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, when you experience saving grace, and he writes your name there, and he puts you in, he, he, you're there. You're, you're in glory. That's the place he's got for you to go. Amen? And, and so we're on this pathway together. And he says, for our conversation or our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all, we're supposed to be looking for Jesus to come get us. And not only, how do you do that? You don't just stand there staring at the east like I do for two hours on every morning. I love to do that. I use my imagination when I see something weird in the cloud. I think, is that him? Have you ever done that? Helps you get your mind on it, doesn't it? But, but what it does, what we must do, those that are waiting and watching for him are those who are in the, in the work of justification of grace so they're doing the works of God and they're walking in these good works. Those are the people he's coming back for, by the way. Amen. And so, verse 21 of, of uh, Philippians chapter 3, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. We have to be humble before God even in our grace, our salvation, we need to be humble before God. In, in, our, in, in, the, in the act of justification of grace, we need to be humble before our God. He's coming back for humble people. Amen. Don't forget that. And so we need to be humble before God. 
And so this, this saving grace turns into to justification grace, and then we go into sanctification grace. Well, what is that? We continue to grow. In response to justifying grace, we realize that there's something that God has for us to do. And we have a hard time. And I've been asked this question so many times. What does God want me to do? What is my work? What is God's will for me? You know, I, I can't answer those questions for you. God can. So don't ask me, ask Him. And be sincere about it. And don't approach Him grimy in sin. Repent. You get cleaned up and then ask Him. Amen. He'll answer you. He'll tell you what you need to be doing. And so we need to understand this about God. And so what we find out in this in the sanctification grace, the work that we're supposed to do, how we're in the will of God, and He has given us something to do. It's called kingdom work. And it don't involve things like people try to make it into. It's simple. Like everything with God is simple. The gospel is simple. The simplicity of the gospel. The simplicity of salvation. Men try to make it complicated. You know why? So they can control you and how you do it. It's all simple. You believe or you don't. You receive or you don't. You live for Him or you don't. It's, that's the simplicity. You live for Him, you're going to get rewarded. You live not for Him, you're going to get uh, in trouble. Suffer consequences. We see a lot of that going on today everywhere. So we continue to grow. And so and we realize that there's a work. And you know what it's called? The simplicity. It's called the work of reconciliation. Paul wrote that we are all filled with the spirit of reconciliation. We know the spirit we're filled with is the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost has filled us and we are called on a mission to do the good works. How? By reconciling a lost world to Jesus Christ. Amen. Our mission is to proclaim Jesus Christ to whosoever will listen to us. And help them find Him. And when they see you, they ought to say, Wow, you know God, don't you? And they shouldn't say, I saw you down at the bar last night. Don't tell me anything. I know who you are. We don't get to serve God that way. We humiliate God that way. And we're going to be held accountable for those things. So this sanctifying grace that we have, we must also grow. And we also need to realize that that is the work of reconciliation the Lord has given to every single one of us. You know what the big cop out is? Well, I don't know how to talk to people. You talked to God when you got saved, didn't you? Talk to people about how you did that. That's what they need to hear. A lot of people say, I don't know how. Have you ever been told by somebody, I don't know how to be saved? You're supposed to be able to tell them that. Amen? Amen. And if you can, it's because you've never moved from saving grace to justification grace to sanctification grace. You haven't grown in grace and knowledge like the Bible tells us to do. We need to learn these things and everything we do, we need to set it apart. We need to read the Bible because we love Jesus. We need to do good works because we love Jesus. And we need to give Him all the praise and all the glory because we love Him and we're doing it to honor Him in His name and quit trying to pat ourselves on the back and say, look at me what I'm doing for you. That ain't glorifying Jesus Christ. 
That's where our humility comes in. So we realize that we have the work of reconciliation that the Lord has given to us all. We realize that we are being transformed. Uh-oh. That's scripture. We are to be transformed into what? Into his image. Into his image. Not recreate an image for us to be in him. We are to be transformed into a likeness of Jesus Christ. What's quiet here? Amen. We are to be transformed into the image of Christ. Why? Your mind is now focused on helping others find Jesus. Is that where your mind is focused? Is that what your mission is? Is that what you, you want to do to please Him? Is that because this is ordained by God. That's the focus. You say, well, how do you know that? Because I know what His will is. And you do too. He is not with that any person should perish. But it all come to repentance Amen. and find Him. Amen. That is the will of God for us to help Him do. Amen. And He uses men and women, saved people, to do that very thing. It is the kingdom work of God in its simplest form. Amen. Tell others about Him. Help others find Him. Give them a, a pat on the back. Give them a hug. Pray with them. Tell them you love them. Tell them you care. But more importantly, tell them Jesus cares. Amen. And you know it because He cares for you. That's your testimony. So your mind is focused now when you do this on helping others find Jesus. Loving people with God's truth and knowledge our mind has been renewed and we are obeying from the heart in the Holy Ghost. Let me read you this in Romans chapter uh, chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. I'm about to get ready to close. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. I'll see that you were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you, being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. That is a description of the sanctifying work as we have grown to that part of grace that we need to know. Amen? And here's another one. I'm going to read this until you right quick. This is from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. You can't serve the God and serve the devil in the world. Amen. It don't work that way. Jesus won't accept that at all from you. But And so he says, so be not conformed to the world, but be you what? Transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind, the changing of your mind into what? The mind of Jesus Christ where He sees a lost world that He died for and He's wanting them to come to Him. That's what we're supposed to transform into. Amen. Mm. God help us. So we not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Amen. 
This is what growing in grace means. We go from salvation to justification to sanctification. We grow in grace as we grow in the knowledge of God and receive the mission of God and take it literally and seriously to our hearts and quit putting everything else in front of it. Where does it start? It starts on your knees at the altar being saved and then in the church Amen. where you belong. And you work from there with the body of believers. Peter wrote this in the 3 and 9, 2 Peter 3 and 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I'm going to close by reading you another scripture from Hebrews. This is the book of Hebrews, chapter uh, 10, verse 22. It's another eye-opening scripture, if I can find it in my Bible. Well, there it is. 10, listen to this. Hebrews 10, beginning of verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart. What's a true heart? A saved heart. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. I mean, don't do this thing here. Stand in your faith. Amen? Let us do it without wavering, for He is faithful that promised us. you believe that? And let us consider one another to provoke each other unto what? Love and good works. Because that's the mission we're on. That's the journey we're on. That's the recreation of us. That is our new destination to do good works until we are where He wants us to be. Amen? And look at what He... And that's the reason I picked this verse. Because this, this is for the do not have to go to church people. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Well, it only says it one time. Duh. God says a lot of things one time. He means it when He says it. As the manner of some is, but doing what? Exhorting one another. That means helping one another. Spurring one another on. Do good. You can do good. You got this. I, I'm praying for you. I'm with you. I'll go with you if you want me to. And I'll lay my hand. I'll do whatever it takes to help you do what God wants you to do. I'll be a part of that with you. That's who the church is. We need each other. Yeah. It's not a one-man show. Amen. It's a body of believers show. And we're all in it together for the same purpose. Amen. Exhorting one another. And look, I love this. Because this is why I started off that so many people, even those who aren't close to Christ, are seeing something wrong. Right. Look at what he says. And so much the more mm -hmm. as you see the day approaching. When you have lost people come to you and say, what's God doing? What's going, what, what, this world's not going to do what's, what's going on? They want to know. And so the scripture tells us, as you see this day approaching, it's time to get into my church. It's time to get a, to be a part of my body. It's time to exhort one another. It's time to help one another. Because see, there's one coming that's going to kill all of us. If we're here, I'm so thankful. He's got a place. He's got a plan. 
I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ absorbed the wrath of God upon himself. Amen. So that the wrath of God does not fall on me and you. That's who we serve. He's the one we love. Here's the question. Are you growing in grace? Or are you stagnated at starting line? We just stand. Stages of grace. We just bow your head and close your eyes, please. Every service ends with the altar call. This is the most important part. This is where if God has spoken to you, you respond to him by being down here. Talking with him. If you have seen your own self in any of this today, maybe it's time that you graduate to a different place. If you need a church home, this is a good one. You need to be a part of a church family and you know it. Come down here and we'll take care of that quickly. If you're not saved, come down here and we'll take care of that too. Because this is his invitation. He's not willing that any should perish. He wants us all to be conformed to his likeness, to have his mind. You want to be a part of that? Then get in his church. Come and assemble with him. Testify. When you go buy groceries, you know, a lot of people think, well, my, my witness, I got to go knock on doors and I got to do this. Don't put that kind of pressure on yourself unless the Lord tells you to do it. Your witness and your testimony can be at the grocery store, it can be at the gas pump. Amen. It can be in somebody else's home. Everywhere you are, that people are is your mission field. And your testimony and your witness about Jesus Christ to them is to help them find Him. Always look at it that way. And if they tell you, oh, I know Jesus, I'm saved, just say hallelujah, give them a hug and call them brother or sister. But if they don't know, share it with them what He's done for them. They don't want to hear you. They'll walk away from you. They'll tell you they don't want to hear you. And they do that. Don't force yourself on them. Turn around, shake the dust off, and go about your business. But we need His church. Would you come, please, this morning? He's here for you.
Anyway, they, they will be here for you. They'll help you. They'll, they'll, they'll back you up. Amen. They'll help you any way they can. We, I try to promise to you. And we expect your promise to the church to be the same thing. Faithfulness. Absolutely. We want you to come. We want you to hear. Even if you don't like what I preach, come in. I love it. I'm too much. <laughs> Just listen and, and adjust your life to what the Word of God says. And, and I know He's going to make you strong both of them because of that. And you know what's so great? Here they are as husband and wife. They get to do it together. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? We need to be encouraging, especially in our own home. Believe me, I was lost for it. I ain't lost. <laughs> anyway, y'all, I don't know. I ain't got nothing else to say. We're fixing to pray, and y'all come around and give them the right hand of fellowship, and and hug them, and tell them how much you love them, and how excited you are for them. And uh, let's uh, let's uh, have our dismissal prayer. Uh, Brother Jim Chandler, would you pray our dismissal prayer? Father, have more of a change for today. Well, we thank you for this couple that's come to bond together with us, Lord, and just be one body. Lord, we just ask you to be the ones on the prayer list, and Lord, you know all their needs, Lord. We ask that you touch each one of them and the families, and, and just, Lord, we say that they'll give you all the praise for them. Thank you as we go into this week, Lord. Just be with us. Keep us safe, Lord, and bring us back to your house next Sunday, Lord. Just Wednesday and whatever day that we need to be here, Lord. We thank you for everything. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, and I forgot to tell y'all, next.